Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good morning. Well, what happened to yesterday's energy? What happened? Y'all stayed up late last night. Y'all were t- two late nights in the row was catching up to y'all, but y'all got off of school tomorrow, right? Yeah, so let's do it one more time. Good morning. This is um, our last time to be together to learn from the scriptures, but it's been a privilege to be with you this weekend. Um, sometimes in the midst of a weekend where you have a worship team, you have a speaker, you have people doing amazing games on stage, um, it's easy to lose sight of the people who uh, spend the most time investing in your lives. So before I get started, I want to just acknowledge your youth leaders. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. I want you to take a moment to stand up yell and cheer to your youth leaders who, when you go home, they're going to be the ones that are with you when you're crying, that are with you when you're celebrating, that are with you when you have body odor, all those other issues in life they're going to have. And all I do is get up here and speak to you. I don't have to deal with boogies and farts and whatever else it is. And these are youth leaders who love you, who have given their time, and they share their life with yours. So I'm going to give you a moment, a moment to let you say thank you to them by yelling and shouting words of thanks to them. I'm going to count to three, and when I do it, find your youth leader, face them, and make them uncomfortable by yelling that you love them. One, two, three, go. To the youth leaders, as a man who was a teenager who benefited from youth leaders in my life, as a person who served as a youth pastor for a number of years, thank you for all that you do investing um, in these amazing teenagers, these amazing students that are here with us. I want to just give you one last encouragement before you go home. Um, And because you're ready to go, look, he's getting comfortable. He's getting ready to take a nap. I'm going to take about 15 minutes. Can I do 15 minutes? Can you stay awake for 15 more minutes? Okay, uh, he said he didn't know. 14. Um, I want to give you an encouragement. One, there was a quote that I love that says, the person that thinks they have arrived have lost their way. And the point is this, as we walk in life, the reality is what I think is more important than who we are is who we're becoming. And the scripture is the only one that stays the same as God. He says, I am that I am. God can say I am because God never changes from beginning to end. God stays the same. But for us, In many ways, we're always becoming someone. We're always growing. We're always maturing. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are today, to embrace the fact that you haven't arrived yet. You're not done growing yet, that God is still growing you. When I I was a young boy, as you see me up here speaking, when I was a young boy, I was very, 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 very shy. I didn't talk in school until the third grade. And in the third grade, I whispered to a classmate, and my whole class cheered because I actually said something. I was very, very shy. Um, But then as I kept growing and maturing, I became a little bit more confident. I'm still rather shy, but not as shy as I was when I was younger. And when I went to high school, something happened. I I couldn't stand middle school. I don't know how middle school was for y'all, but middle school was like horrible for me. And then I get to high school. I'm trying to figure out who I am. And by about the junior year of high school, something weird happened in my life. I became popular. I don't even know how. 
I just became popular. People are like, you're the nicest person here. I'm like, you can be popular for being nice? But I knew it was going to go away. I don't know if you've experienced this yet. Somebody's always popular, and then for some reason, the fad goes to somebody else. I'm like, it's just going to pass. And so my junior year was popular. We had junior prom. And everybody was like, York is going to win, hands down. He's the most popular kid in school. And you know what I decided to do? The one who didn't have a voice, I decided to use my voice for someone else. And I said, you know what? How about we all vote for Wallace, which was this young man who we loved. He was a classmate. We all loved him. He had glasses on. He's like the smartest kid in the class. Um, he, and he wasn't as popular, but we all loved him. And so we uh, used my voice and my influence to advocate for Wallace to be the, senior, the junior prom king. And guess what? Wallace was the prom king our junior year, right? <laughs> So at one point, I was too shy to ever speak, and at one point when I had a voice, I ended up using it, and one of the reasons I want to encourage you in this is when you hear about being a part of family, what it means to trust in Jesus, when then you hear about all these things that are happening, these are all things that are good news, but you're going back to homes, you're going back to schools, you're going back to neighborhoods, and you're going to feel all these different pressures. I want to encourage you that whatever the Lord has given you, he has given it to you so that you can also use it to help benefit others. So at some point in my life as a shy, reserved kid, when I finally became popular, I could use that for myself and soak it all up. Or I could say, well, Lord, how do I use what you've given me so that someone else can benefit? And it's actually in the scriptures. I want to read this to you from Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read just verses 5 and 6. It says this, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, something to use to his own advantage. I love these scriptures because it basically goes on to say that Jesus took on flesh. He went obediently all the way to the cross and died for our sins. But it's saying for us to have the same thought process as Jesus had, though he was equal to God, it was him and God. This is amazing family is happening. He didn't want to just have that family. He wanted us to be a part. And so he used his glory, not to his own advantage, but to ours. Anything the Lord gives you, any gift the Lord gives you is to be used to the advantage of others. I use this analogy in this way. God's gifts to you are like birthday cake. Y'all with me? Anybody like birthday cake? Show your hands. Who likes birthday? What's your favorite kind of cake? I, somebody said pie. I don't even know if that fits. Oreo. Chocolate. Lemon. Somebody said lemon. What? Red velvet? Red velvet? What do you know about red velvet? What? Cherry tort cake. Y'all got like a very particular high-class taste going on here. Cheesecake. My favorite cake is yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Either way, to stay on focus. What happens with birthday cake is this. It's somebody's birthday, having a party. They say, all of y'all at my birthday party. And then my wife brought out a, a, a yellow cake with chocolate frosting for me. And we all sang happy birthday to me. And she placed it right in front of me. And we sang, and I blew out the candles, and then I cut the cake. What would your expectations be? That everybody in the room was going to get a piece of cake. Now, whose birthday would it have been? It would have been my birthday. Whose birthday cake was it? It was my birthday cake. But in our mindset, we know that when birthday cake comes out, it's not just for the birthday person. It's for everyone. The gifts that God gives us are like birthday cake. When God gives it to you, it's not just for you to eat. 
He gives it to you because it is for the whole family. There's going to be a moment when you leave where you're going to feel the pressures, where you're going to say, I could preserve all these good gifts to myself. And there might be someone in your school who feels isolated that you need to go treat like a brother or sister. There might be someone in your youth group who feels broken and misunderstood that you might need to sit next to and just share your life with. There might be people in your community who feel like they're on the outside, that God has given you influence, and you have to go and be that love that is there. I want to encourage you in this because the power of God is not just resting in this weekend. He's going to send, and the power and love of Jesus is going to go with you. About five years ago, something happened in Baltimore City that the whole nation found out about. Some people call it a riot. Some people call it an uprising. Show of hands if you know exactly what I'm talking about. When it happened, we had started our church in South Baltimore. I, for many years, served in the suburbs of the church as a youth pastor, and then I started a church in the inner city of Baltimore, where I was grown, grew up from in 2014. And I went down there in 2014, and then 2015, this thing happens that was not on my radar. I remember getting a phone call from a friend who said, George, they're calling all pastors to come down to where everything's happening so that we can go there and encourage people to go home and people to be safe. I remember getting that phone call and thinking to myself, I feel like I'm supposed to go. Because any influence, any love, any peace, any hope that God has given me, he has called me to use it to the advantage of others. This is where faith kind of meets the road. I called my wife first to make sure she was okay with me going down to where things were happening. And she said, my wife is amazing. She said, I got home, I got the kids, I got dinner, you go do what you need to do. So I drive down to a road called North Avenue. If you watch the news at all during this time, there was a CVS that was on fire. I basically was driving toward the fire. I parked my car a few blocks away because I'm thinking, in case I need to get out of here, I need to get my car. I'm going to park it a few blocks away. So I park it a few blocks away, and I'm walking toward the smoke. It's coming from that direction. And I'm walking toward it, and as I'm walking toward it, a guy on a motorcycle is he gets, falls on his motorcycle, and he hurts his ankle. He's in the middle of the road. And I look at him, and I think to myself, I didn't come here for this. I came here to deal with what's happening in my city. And then the Lord was like, George, this is what's happening in your city, <laughs> right? So then me and about five or seven other people went to this guy in the middle of the road. He had fallen off of his motorcycle because a car drove by and didn't stop, and he's, he's hurrying in pain. And this uh, we called 911. We're waiting for the ambulance, and a, a young woman pulls up in the car. She says, what are you guys waiting for? She pulled up from where the smoke was coming, and I, we said, we're waiting for an ambulance. She said, do you see what's happening down there? The ambulances are coming here anytime soon. She says, pick him up and put him in my car. We're all complete strangers. So then me and some other people, because our car was kind of not quite prepared for somebody to just be laying in the back seat, we start cleaning out her car, and I'm cleaning out her front seat of her car, passenger side, and there's just cash laying right there. And I'm like, I'm glad she trusts us. And we give her cash. We put all this stuff in the, in the trunk, and we pick up this complete stranger. We put her, him in his car. Her car, it's possible his ankle's broken, whatever it might have been. And this woman takes this man that she's never met before and drives away to take him to the hospital to make sure he's cared for. I won't go into all of the stories. It was a lot that happened, but I share that story because it was a day later when I wake up and I watch what's happening in the news and in our world where we started hating each other because of where we live by zip code. And I realized we were hating each other because of the color of our skin. And I remember being there that night and watching a young white woman put a young black man 
in the back seat of her car that she didn't know and take him to a hospital. And we talk about the one family. The reality is we're still becoming that work. We're becoming that one family, but you're going to leave here and it's going to be a world that's going to tell you that we're not one. And the Lord's going to call you to cross those lines that have been cropped out and say, we are one family. I am willing to dwell with people who are suffering. I'm willing to dwell and be with someone who's different than me. I'm willing to be present because the world's going to tell you something very, very different. But the Lord is building a beautiful family. And when you leave here, you will have to stand in and act in and walk in that truth. You will have to treat someone like a brother and sister before they even treat you that way because you're walking in that truth. Walk outside the boundary lines that's been set for you. Walk outside those places where the picture's been cropped to where you should be and say, I believe God's love can reach even here because as I heard all those lies and all those frustrations that happened the following days of 2015, all I thought to myself is, I was there. I was on the ground, and there was no racial divide right there. I watched a young woman in the middle of chaos put a complete stranger in a car, and if I've ever experienced the love of Christ in the midst of chaos, thank the Lord that that young woman didn't allow the world to define to her what it meant to love someone. And what will happen if every one of us in this room, time and time and time again, showed the world the reckless love of God, by intersecting, being with people that the world say we shouldn't love. I don't know what influence. I don't know what hope. I don't know what skills or gift the Lord has given you. Basically, I don't know what birthday cake God has given you. All I know is it's not supposed to stop just with you. Because the world, the family that the Lord is building, this world needs to see. So have the same mind in you as there is in Christ Jesus, who though he was equal to God, chose not to use it to his own advantage. He used what he had to our advantage so that we could be welcomed into the family of God. And now he gives us the gift to do the same for others. Amen. Can I pray for us one last time? Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and paid for us even when we did not even know we needed it. I thank you that your son died for us so that we could then become children of God. I thank you that as our Heavenly Father, you have celebrated in this new life you've given us, and, and you have these birthday gifts that you've given us, and you have said to us, I bestow, I give this gift to you, but it is for you to give to others so that we can create the family of God that you always envisioned. So I ask that you would give us eyes to see those who are different, who are distant, and who are hurting and that the gifts you've given us, that we could convey your love by being present, by drawing near, by sharing the good news of the love of Jesus. Lord, every one of us here, we acknowledge that you are working and have worked in our lives. Continue to shape us and the people you're calling us to become. 
To the glory of your name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.